Hello, listeners. I wanted to give a brief shout-out and thank our podcast sponsor, Podcorn. What is Podcorn? Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to sponsorship opportunities such as host-read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. We just joined the network and are already starting to see what opportunities there are for our podcast. It really works. I know we've been talking about it for some time, getting advertising on the Lords of Grantham, and here we are. We've made it. You never give up, give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do for brands. The Market Police mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when you monetize. Click on the link in our show notes to sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. Now on to the Lords of Grantham podcast. I'm Laura Linney, and this is Masterpiece Classic. This week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we bid farewell to Downton Abbey for now and shift our focus to this year's Netflix smash hit, Bridgerton. Everyone's been talking about it, and it's time for us to weigh in. So, let's jump in. And... It's a new day at the Lords of Grantham podcast. We are doing something new over here. That may be old to listeners by now because it's been out for several months. But we are finally oh, talking about Bridgerton. That's right. Well, I was watching this, and I'm not going to get into any of the meat of the episode, but watching mm-hmm. this show, watching a show that people binged in a weekend over the course of weeks, mm-hmm. I think it's a totally different take, even if it is something that's old. Most people didn't wait a week to watch these episodes. I mean, it's a different perspective. That's what we provide, and that's what we're here to do. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. Yeah. If, if you're and uh, if you are listening to this podcast and you're shocked and surprised that we're doing Bridgerton and disappointed, let us know because we definitely got our hate when we initially started the Crown. So. <laughs> yeah, people just tuned out. So we we welcome it. Um, before we get to Bridgerton. Uh, Dave, I was shocked, and I sent you an uh, image as soon as I saw it. Downton Abbey is back on Netflix for the f- Downton Abbey just first this time is going back to wh- since whoever gives them the money. Yeah, for the first time since February 2013, eight years have passed since it's been on Netflix. <laughs> wow, that's wild. I th- for some reason, I thought it was on Netflix when it was. Was it always on Prime when we were doing this show? So they had the first two seasons on Netflix, and then. Mm-hmm. With the third season, it started uh, streaming on Prime in 2013. Okay. And uh, it's been that way ever since uh, until Peacock last year had it too. So Prime and Peacock both had uh, Downton Abbey. Now you can get Downton Abbey not only on both those, but also on Netflix. And PBS too. Right. And if you want to see the movie, then you need HBO Max. So you need the whole... (laughs) The whole gamut. Yeah. Well, you don't need the whole well, you gamut. You'd need HBO Max and one other. Right. But, uh, yeah, they're just... It, Julian is just raking in money left and right. Well, That's true. He doesn't even need Down Abbey. Most definitely. <laughs> He's got the money. Does he need in. any of this? Does he need any of the... I, I think he does it for the fame. 
You know, I think he likes the plaudits. He, he likes people telling him, you know, you're a genius all the time. Well, I feel like with Movie 2 coming out, he just wants that show everywhere. Yeah, why not? So he wants it popping up on the homepage. He wants all those people that never watched it to binge it. Mm-hmm. And guess what? We want that too. <laughs> it means there's more people tuning in to us being like, hey, what's this show about? <laughs> And we're just like... And, and you know they're not listening to the Bridgerton episodes. So we can, we can be, be as outright as we want to be right now. Right. And uh, darker news, uh, last year in between The Crown and Down and Everything, we watched Julian Fellow's new Netflix show, The English Game. Mm-hmm. And uh, the star of that show, uh, who played Fergus, you know, who, who was the footballer, Kevin Guthrie, well, one of our uh, listeners uh, who was part of the Lords of Grantham Lounge, uh, let him... It was Sonia, right? Uh, I don't think it was Sonia. Or is it Lisa? It was Lisa. Okay. Uh, she let us know some, some really troubling news about the star of the English game. Um, the man uh, is accused of sexual assault, and he is actually going to jail. He was actually found guilty. Yeah, Lisa told us this. Yeah. So uh, he is going to jail for up to three years, it seems like. Uh, I read the evidence. It was pretty uh, damning. It's pretty pretty bad. Pretty disgusting. Um so don't watch well, the English game. It was middling Julian Fellows. Uh, I loved it in the moment. <laughs> it was good in the moment. I'm, I'm it was good for the <laughs> pandemic, you know, six episodes. <laughs> uh, but that guy is the lead of the show, and he's apparently a scumbag. And the show is just, eh, you can take it or leave it. And I think now you can say you can leave it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think if I had to lay a decree down, download those podcast episodes of ours and play them while you sleep on mute so we can get the plays. Mm-hmm. But for you young uh, Peg fans out there, if you want to support John C. Elmore, do watch the English game because he very much figures into it. Again, do put it on mute and put it on at night. <laughs> Just when fast forward when you see, uh, to, to when you see John C. And then you tune in. And he's the um, he's the guy who starts the shop selling jerseys, right? He's, he's yeah. a good big part of that show. He's a great part of that show. Uh, yeah. Well. Wow. Is there any other news of the moment, or do we want to just get into what we're getting into? I think. I think that's it in the in that uh, realm. So of Downton and everything related to that, and Julian. So yeah, we can. Uh, it is it, it is one more one more piece of just quick uh, news. Mm-hmm. Last week we dumped two Patreon bonus episodes onto our Correct. feed. Um, for those that are aware of what we're doing, we've been spending all year on our upstairs tier doing Pride and Prejudice and the May. So this did come out technically in May. Mm-hmm. Um, we did Bridget Jones's Diary, which is a modern interpretation of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, we're doing everything Pride and Prejudice for this uh, H1 of 2021. So for the first half. Yeah, yeah. so just, and we'll just like drop the ball, or drop, drop the ball, the ball. Drop, the, <laughs> drop the the news right here. We're watching, to finish this off, we're watching the miniseries, is it called Death Comes to Pemberley? Uh-huh, that's the one. So that will be our final piece of pride and prejudice for patreon so, for upstairs uh, patreon uh, listeners so yeah there you go subscribe to patreon if you want to hear that so bridgerton yeah we're here yep dave you have more experience with shonda rhimes than i do she is the producer of this show she signed a mm-hmm. huge deal with netflix to produce multiple tv shows for them including some that she writes this is one i think where she's only producing it Mm-hmm. You fill me in on Shonda because you know more about Shonda Rhimes than I do. I've not watched Grey's Anatomy or any of her her shows, unfortunately. I've only I only watched uh, one. I've only seen like two episodes of Grey's Anatomy in my life. Okay, but I did watch 
the first like three or four seasons of How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> that's that's a lot. <laughs> that adds up. I think at least three, maybe four. Okay. And that show was good. It was it was a a, a riveting cable drama mystery show about uh, law students and their professor Viola Davis and what did it tell you about Shonda did it give you any ideas into what she's trying to do with her TV well I know there's multiple crossovers with another one of her shows at the time um, I don't know exact scandal yeah so there were scandal crossovers mm-hmm. so I think she's all about this sort of shared universe and and not that the Bridgertons can make their way into any modern set thing, but uh, she's in for the drama, and she's not afraid to to go all in because she does some wild stuff in How to Get Away with Murder. A lot of plot twists, right? A lot of plot twists and a lot of big actors getting killed for a cable or a network. Well, I mean, TV the, the show. show is called How to Get Away with Murder, so I'd expect it to be a few murders, correct? There's some murders. Okay, some murders going on. All right. Uh, so you have no experience with Shonda? No, I mean I feel like I should have seen more of her the things she's she's worked on, but I've just it somehow escaped me. Uh, I mean I'm a, very much aware of her her stuff that's out there. I just I'm not a big ABC uh, watcher, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so it just uh, it just never really happened, unfortunately. But I've I've been interested. I've always wanted to, to give it a shot. Uh, she she wrote uh, Crossroads, right? The Britney Spears movie. So I mean. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, she's 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 been out there. Um, she's prolific. She's done a lot absolutely. of good stuff. I mean, we are in Shondaland. That is her production shingle for for Netflix here, I guess, and all the other shows. And uh, it's because I, I think there is a brand that's associated with her. And you you alluded to, to it, Dave. There's a lot of drama. She she knows drama well. And I think the key thing here that informs a lot of what we see in Bridgerton is just diversity. You know, just giving roles to people that you want to usually see uh, in these kind of roles, especially, you know, period pieces. It's very much not like how we see it here in Bridgerton. And it, it's, it's yeah, exciting. Yeah. Now, I, I I think it's kind of the elephant in the room, but is it ever going to be addressed or is it just assumed that this is normal? So I had to look up, you know, how much the show was trying to adhere to reality. And the quick answer I found that really cut, cut to the chase is that it's it's fantasy essentially because i mean absolutely back then but, there there was a lot of slavery going on and the white people ran the show it was not good it was not at all like this so essentially this is a fantastical take on all the stuff that's going on back there I think of cinderella in that vein but with my with diversity which is cool yeah i mean i'm not obviously i'm not complaining we're here for it uh, yeah, I know that the biggest complaint that that our uh, Lords of Grantham Lounge purists have have said is the consistency of the costuming. And there, I know a lot of people were all in on the mid '90s uh, Pride and Prejudice because it's so time appropriate, mm-hmm. period appropriate. And this is set in 1813, and this is very much like a Disney movie version of what we see the people wearing. You know what like it reminded me of, Dave? It reminded me of a certain Netflix movie we watched uh, together recently, uh, Jingle Jangle. <laughs> Definitely do, Jingle right? Jangle adjacent, for sure. I, I was like, where's Forrest Whitaker popping out with his machines and everything? Um, Geronicus? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. where's Geronicus? Uh, I think the, the thing is, I don't see that as so much of a negative, you know, how kind of over the top the, these uh, clothes are and just the production design. Because there's, I think, a certain level of artifice to it. 
which I think fits the fantastical nature of the story, you know, or, or mm-hmm. of what's being shown here. I think it it really helps to, you know, reaffirm what you're watching is a bit of, you know, like a fairy tale. And so I'm like, okay, if the, the reds look a little bit deeper, you know, everything looks a little bit more yellow. Yeah, it looks like, you know, candy colors. Uh, so that's okay. I, I didn't mind that as much. No, I think it, and, and if you've been listening to this podcast long enough to, to, participate in Bridgerton with us, you know that we're never the the sticklers for perfection and time appropriate stuff and God knows we wouldn't have made it through the crown if we were. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is I got no problems with any of these decisions being made here. So there, there's one I wasn't crazy over. Which it, is it related to the plot? Should we get into it? Yeah, or let's get it, into is it. Is it a well, more technical thing? I mean it it starts from the top. It it's the narration that's going on in this episode. I I feel like it's a little too winking at the audience. Like I, I get that, you know, this is all kind of like fantastical and like, you know, there's someone who's narrating the story for us, but the way in which it's narrated is just, I don't know. It's just too aware of what we're watching as something, you know, just for fun. And like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't need the narration to tell me everything. I, I do like how it figures into the plot and we'll get into that. But I was shocked to see <laughs> when I checked IMDb that it's actually Julie Andrews who's doing the narration. The Sound of Music. <laughs> uh, okay. Like, oh, wow. She's, uh, she's really, I mean, she's really giving it at all. She, she's not just cashing a paycheck. She's really having fun narrating these episodes. It just, uh, I don't know. It, it, it seemed a bit much, I think. That that mm-hmm. was a bit much for me. And I, maybe it's just my bias against narration in a lot of shows. I, I just like to see rather than be told what's going on. Yeah, that's fair. Dave, are you are you blown to, uh, blown away to see uh, Julie Andrews is narrating this? Well, I wasn't sure if it was a twist or not. It was something that we should know right now. No, it's a it's a thing. Okay, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't know her voice because I'm not a, a big fan. So you, you, the hills aren't alive with music for you. No, I've never seen that movie. I've only seen, yeah. I know this is where we lose fans. No, I haven't seen it either. I know the songs. Uh, big Christopher Plummer fan over here. Haven't seen it. Um. Anyways, back to Bridgerton. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, there's that narration going on, and it does it play a role um, because uh, she is Lady Whistleton down, who pretty much knows what's going on in the whole town and is the gossip. That's what people read from in the newspapers. Mm-hmm. Lady Whistleton down's a uh, little paper going around, her uh, society paper. Mm-hmm. Now, in the beginning, she gives us this this first one out for free. Now, is she giving all of these out for free? Yeah. What is her business model for this exactly? Yeah, this is the eight, this is eighteen thirteen. Does she have a Bridgerton Patreon? Is not you. You got to make the stamp. Yeah, is a thing where she gives you like the little juicy uh, tidbits, and then you really have to pay to get like the full story. Yeah, if this is supposed to be a, a representative of of like Twitter culture and blog culture, mm-hmm. because I feel like so much of the show is just blatant uh, homages to the current trends and and things mm-hmm. that. That if the whistle down society paper is a blog, what's the what's the premium content? Yeah, we're, we're keeping this thing afloat. Yeah, where's the paywall? <laughs> um, but I mean, she lets us know that these houses are vying, you know, for suitors. Uh, you know, there, there's these two families, uh, and it's the what you call it, the Bridgertons, the Bridgertons, obviously, and the the Featherington, 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 yes. Could have, could have done a little better with that one, if you ask me. Yeah, it doesn't quite roll off the tongue. But this is adopted from a, a, a novel, this whole story. Yeah. Eh. Um, 
a series, right? Yeah, and that's why there will be future seasons because they're based off of each book, I guess. And they make a, a you know a, a sweeping introduction for Daphne, who is our lead. Mm-hmm. Daphne Bridgerton. She is portrayed by uh, Phoebe uh, Dynever. I need to look that up. Uh, people at large who haven't watched Bridgerton may just know her as Pete Davison's current girlfriend. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> good job, Pete. <laughs> the dude just keeps winning one, and winning. It's not fair. Um, I only know she was on a few episodes of Younger, so I, I was already familiar with her. But uh, yeah, she has quite the look. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like they're they're higher they're hiding a little bit of her uh, Irish brogue because she has she has a strong bit of Irish to her in her voice. If you ever hear, oh, her talk. I was unaware. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's pretty much her Daphne, and then she has a brother, Anthony Bridgerton. Yeah, Anthony. We can just Tony. call him Tony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> better than Tony. And what's he busy doing, Dave? He's banging a, a dancer against a tree. This is a real Prince Phil stuff right from the beginning. I know everyone said this was juicy, but it's juicy. It's bare buns right there. This is, he is Prince Phil, for real. Yeah, he, he's, he's like someone out of the crown, like a Prince Phil. And do you think it's comfortable for that woman up against that tree? Depends on how, how, it's fe- how she's feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are the odds that she gets blisters from that? Uh, definitely some cuts, for sure. Scrapes. <laughs> And that guy's just going away. It almost like half looks like, because it's like, you know, it's clearly staged for Netflix. It almost looks like he's pounding into a tree. <laughs> like literally, like he, there's probably a tree hole there. I don't know. That's, that's the great reveal. The original cut, he's just a freak. He's like he's a man of the woods. <laughs> yeah, Tony Bridgerton just can't control himself. The whole family is a bunch of freaks. <laughs> like, oh yeah, his reputation is him and him in the <laughs> damp hole in the ground. That ain't that ain't sap there. That ain't sap there. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that poor like uh, cart puller, whatever that Mosley of the the gang, mm-hmm. who's who's rolling his eyes as as old Tony gets the job done. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, he he's a little bit of a, a naughty boy. Um. Yep. And it moves pretty quickly. So so there's this presentation that goes on in front of the queen, where she tries to identify who like the prime lady is of the season. And this happens in Downton Abbey. This is a, a, a society thing. We see it in Downton Abbey with. Uh, Cousin Rose, I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because the introduction or whatever, or the, debut. The after the heist, or mm-hmm. right around the heist. Season is that four, season yeah. three finale. Season four finale. For, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. London season. Yeah. And how does she grade Lady Bridgerton? Uh, what does she say? Flawless. Flawless victory. Like she beheads someone, and they're just like flawless victory. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> it's Mortal Kombat. Meanwhile, the the Featheringtons mm-hmm. really screw it up. Yeah. But They're definitely giving off some. Uh, what's the family from Pride and Prejudice? The oh, what are they called? Oh, this the is Bennett's? terrible. The Bennett. Yeah. Definitely some Bennett vibe going on here. Yeah, they're they're not uh, quite as well put together as the other family, kind of stumbling over each other. And what's their name? Penelope, the mm-hmm. one that's sort of friends with. Uh, what's her name? Daphne. I always say Daphne and Phoebe are too close for me to not get them mixed up. Yeah. Uh, Penelope Featherington is from Dairy Girls, a show that I really enjoyed. So, oh, you watched? Happy that? to see her show up. Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> How would I know that you watched that? Because it's about Ireland. Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, 
anyways yeah so they they uh yeah they're friendly but she wants to debut as well and no doesn't she want to continue her studies too who uh, penelope or did they tell her to yeah do? i don't think yeah i think the mother forces them lady yeah. lady featherington mm-hmm. is, but i feel like daphne's also not thrilled to be here right am i I think she's just anxious about the whole ordeal, you know. Yeah, definitely. So new listeners, you know, who are just tuning in for Bridgerton, we're not always on the up and up with the plot details, even though we just watched the episode, but we try our best. So we're hey, we're we're doing. You're listening to American Boys do this. I mean, this this isn't American okay. production, pretty much. Shh, hush, don't tell okay, anybody. All right, we're good. Uh, but the Featherington screw this up. Yep, and. Phoebe, Daphne, sorry, mm-hmm. their names are too similar. Daphne, Daphne Bridgerton kills it, knocks it out of the park. Yeah. And then we go to a ball later well, we, on this We evening. do get an intro, the classic Netflix uh-huh. cashing out all the money <laughs> to make a fancy CGI intro that we'll never watch again after the first episode. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. I said, this one and done, baby. <laughs> yeah, looks nice, looks great. I'm set. And we go to one of many, I think there's three or four balls in this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't go straight to the ball, right? Because the people come to the no, house. We go to, we, or no, we do we go to the CCN, ball. We do go to a ball. That's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But isn't there someone in town before they get to that ball? You talking about Simon? Yeah. The uh, Bassett, as I keep calling him. Yeah. The Duke. Yeah. And what's he in the, town the, for, Dave? To assort his father's affairs. His father's already six feet under, and he's come to collect, you know? Yeah, he's the Duke of Hastings. So this is actually after the first ball, because in my notes I have it in, in an order. Oh, really? Yeah, so we go to the first ball where they're playing uh, Thank You, Next, the quartet. Yeah. This is very, I know people told me, oh, you know, you're going to like what they do with the music in Bridgerton, and I was like, oh, okay. I don't know, it's kind of it's kind of corny. <laughs> yeah, and uh, also, hey, I don't, I don't know how, uh, how will Phoebe enjoyed hearing this being played. Oh, because it's about Pete Davidson's ex. <laughs> well, she hadn't been dating Davidson yet. He he watched Netflix and I think For he dated you next. Her. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Well, either way, it's a, as a historical document, mm-hmm. the song that says "Thank you, Peter and Malcolm and you know all the all oh, of yeah. Ariana's exes." Yep. Not a great thing to have his current lady on. Sure. Now they're here nor there, but we start seeing that all these old dudes mm-hmm. are putting the moves down on old Daphne. Yeah, and the one guy. Uh, Lord Burbrook. Yeah, he's got some choppers on him. The dude's got some buck teeth. <laughs> this is definitely like if you took Bingley mm-hmm. from Pride and Prejudice and like in an Adam Smasher put Mr. Collins in with Bingley. Right. And you made them one awkward person that's this guy. He's got everything on paper except tact, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. Pretty much. He's he, he just... He, he's just gross and she looks literally repulsed <laughs> she she wants to get away from the guy can't even hide her mm-hmm. reaction to him i almost thought it was a little bit strong her reaction to him where it's just like i know this guy's gross but man you got this look on your face of just like terror like you it almost suggest that something happened before with this guy that's like even worse you know because she can't get and, away from him fast enough and the we get all this uh voiceover from lady whistledown mm-hmm. and nothing about this being weird you know, there's no yeah. talk about Lord Lord Burbrook is a, is old and creepy. Nothing about that. It's just talking about about the women mm-hmm. and the handsome people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so she gets out of there, 
and now Dave, you kept t- track of all the balls. Is this the one where they tell her explicitly not to entertain all the men? Because this is the one where her brother is like telling all of telling her who all the guys are and why he, she shouldn't be dealing with them. Right. They'll come to her, build up like the intrigue mm-hmm. and stuff. Something. I think so. Yeah. I, yeah, I think you're misremembering. I honestly didn't take man. too many notes on my notes are are. I was in the moment, so my notes aren't as uh, yeah. deep. Because I think you're missing a big th- thing here, which is there is a, like another Feverington family member in the building at that point. Mm-hmm. The cousin. Right. Thompson. Yeah. Uh, Marina. Mm-hmm. So she's come to stay with the family. And they kind the, of, the the gloss town, over it, the, though. She's just there, right? I mean, they just... She just... Well... She shows up, and we see that the Featheringtons are kind of a bunch of gingers that are all sort of doofy mm-hmm. and, and aloof and falling over their own feet. One of them falls in front of the queen. Yeah. And then Thompson, Marina, shows up, and it's like, this is the golden goose. Mm-hmm. So that's what La- Lady Featherington is very much about getting her, you know, that society clout. She wants her daughters married off to the best yeah. suitors. Mm-hmm. So she sees this is the cash cow. This is the chance to to right the wrong because if, and we hear with the Bridgertons, if one of them does well, they all do well. So if Marina gets a good man, then Prudence, Penelope, and Philippa will do well too. Yeah, and lo and behold, all the men are enamored with her at the ball. She is the bell ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, she's got she's dancing with everyone, whereas Daphne is not. She, she's entertaining them so you know good for her it seems to be and it seems like there's a big transfer of of uh juice mm-hmm. from daphne to marina yeah in in a, in a tangible sense to the point that people are like yeah you know she was flawless but we're not so sure anymore. have you seen marina <laughs> she looks pretty flawless to me uh and we see how that plays out the next day when the suitors are to visit you know the the women that they're interested in Mm-hmm. And Daphne gets a handful of guys. Marina's just flushed with all the guys coming to talk to her. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of them keeps coming back to Daphne, and that's our boy, Burbrook. Ain't going to happen, brother. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No, no. She, she's just like, how can I tell you just no? And her brother is kind of forcing her in this situation where he's like, the guy's got money. He's okay. Just just give him a chance. And it's like, have you seen this the mom, guy? The mom is... This is, again, very Pride and Prejudice. This mm-hmm. is like Collins. Yeah. Yeah. Why not, you know? Um, but, yeah, people are just going to Marina because it's like, man, we can get a, a, a dime for, a, a, a you know, <laughs> for cheap here. Like, well, mm-hmm. why, why really play ourselves up to Daphne? Um, so, pretty much uh, Daphne turns away everyone. She's left alone, and then she's kind of just – Distressed that you know no one is really interested. Like her whole life is, as she's telling this to her brother, I think on the horseback. Like her whole life is built up to this, and mm-hmm. now it's all wasted because of one uh, inaction at, at a ball. You know to really woo the men. You know <laughs> like they already messed it up. Yeah, the the only one coming back is Burbrook, and that's not we just don't want. Which is that. insane to me. Like diversify your bonds, people. Well, you can see Marina, see she's pretty. Doesn't mean you should just hang up the phone on Daphne. <laughs> like if you're mm-hmm. telling me she's out there and single. What are you thinking? She's flawless. There's only one Marie. There's only one Marina. Right, and there can only be one for her. So you gotta you gotta have a couple options out there. You know, dude. There used to be some some uh, opportunists that know that there's gonna be 
Overflow mm-hmm. and Marina. So just go to go to Daphne. Go to the Bridgerton's house. Come on. Yeah. I don't think uh, also Miss Featherington is exactly pleased with all the attention Marina got because it even draws away attention from her own kids. <laughs> At first, she seems very happy with it, but she does sort of sour to it. Yeah, it's just it's too much. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I mean, Burbrook is hanging around. He's eating in front of her too. You know, like he just he's gross. Yeah, he's no good. I don't like this guy one one bit. Now, what's worse is Lady Whistledown. We learn is gossiping this to everyone. She's she in her paper. She's pretty much telling us like people aren't that interested in Daphne as we as we thought they'd be. Yeah, she's yeah she's spilling the juice. This is this is not for her to do. You know, what I find hilarious. So, is this reminds me a lot of uh, Gossip Girl, which I don't think you you watched, Dave. I have not watched. That. I only watched enough to, to know what I, I needed to know about that show but it's just that omniscient narrator who seems to know all and tell all intersects with the plot had, plays a big role but really it's impossible for that person to know everything that's going on based on the events it's just it's silly so it's like one of those things where it, it's weird how much they're going to integrate Lily Listed down into this because how much can she realistically get involved mm-hmm. I mean we'll see we'll see um, but yeah she is telling people that Daphne has scared away the men yeah, and also mm-hmm. we start seeing a little bit more about Sienna and Anthony. Sienna being the, the dancer he's uh, with, or the singer. Yeah. Whatever, the entertainer. Yeah. <laughs> Sienna the entertainer. Yeah, and he's like, he's all into her. Uh, but uh, he's being told he can't be with her because he's got responsibility. Yeah, yeah and he's he's setting the example, like, like we said about if Marina ups the the clout of the Featheringtons if Anthony keeps doing what he's doing he's going to bring down the Bridgertons Mm -hmm. so he's got to call it off yeah I mean he's he's waiting on his brother like Colin uh, the guy who was who couldn't even get a chance to talk to Marina (laughs) who was interested in Mm -hmm. her Uh, he's relying on him to marry and it's like it ain't going to happen going at this rate nope so he's got to uh, he's got to cut off Sienna and she's not thrilled about it yeah and even uh, Whistledown is alluding to the uh, fact that Daphne has a suitor already, uh, that it could be uh, Burbrook's. People are already kind of like, well, man, that one's sewed up, I guess. And it's just like, not not as much as you think. Not as much as you'd like to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we intercut and we see a, a quick moment of Marina in bed upset with what looks to be red sheets. Uh, or red on her sheets. Did you catch that, Dave? Mm-hmm. Marina? Yeah. It was so fast. Is this, bef- is this before the scene later? Yeah. We, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it, they literally do a, a, a setting shot of her house. We see her upset in bed. We see red on her sheets, which means someone someone did, did the it's deed. that time probably. of the month. Uh, yeah. Uh, so That doesn't mean anybody did the deed. It means nature did the deed. <laughs> possibly. Because uh, we learn later. Uh, you know, oh, some things. okay. Uh, so potentially, though, she is, yeah, I wonder. She, she is upset. Anyways, though, yeah, there's another ball, and uh, is this the one with the lights, or is that the last? That's one? the last one. Yeah. So okay. So Bassett is at this. There's one a there's again. a ball. Yeah. There's a show. Oh no, there's two balls, and then the out outside one. Yeah. So this one. So three, and then a play. Yeah. So this is one where. Uh, so Daphne and Bassett already bumped into each other briefly at the first party, but this time they get a little bit of a chance to, to talk. And we see that Anthony's friends with Bat with Simon, the Duke. Yeah, they're boys. And, mm-hmm. and not before 
we get uh, Simon telling Daphne that she is chast, neat, and desperate, so he's not interested. I mean, yeah. he's one to talk. The dude, he, dude's a, a looker too, so you know it goes both ways. Oh yeah, and and we see he's in this like social club with with Anthony, and they're kind of hanging out, talking about college and stuff like that. They're pals. Yeah. And they're almost like prodding each other, like, "Why don't you settle down? Why don't you settle down, bro?" <laughs> and like, Simon's like, "You gotta stop dating that one girl across town, man. That ain't good look." And Tony's like, "Man, you you don't even have a woman. What do you know?" <laughs> He's like, "You don't even live around these parts anymore. You're just here to settle your dead dad's business, dude." Yeah. Uh. So. Anyways, though. Uh, we do hear from Whistlebrook that there whistle down that there is a, a damning scandal going around. You know, mm-hmm. Colin's asking uh, around for Miss Thompson, who's who's ill, because uh, he's talking. To Pen- oh wait, this is at the party. I'm already jumping ahead. So, man, there's. I think my the, the challenge I ran into this episode is that we've, we're coming from Downton where there's a lot of ping-ponging storylines in this. I thought there would be a little bit more of that, but it's more of that straightforward narrative that we saw in The Crown. So I was like taking yeah. notes in different places when really I should just take it But there are tons of, of, of tables being set. Yeah. but it, So it's easy to fall off in, in exactly what goes which way. and I under, I got felt the same way. Yeah, to run down the episode is the best run down it straight. But there is a there is a, a, an opera uh, that the um, Lady Danbury... The Queen's at, right? Y- yeah, Daphne's at and Lady Danbury and uh, Lady Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. And they have an idea of how to turn the tide on Whistledown in Daphne's favor. Mm-hmm. What is that, Dave? What are they going to do? You tell me. I didn't write this part what? down. <laughs> what, did you just like blank out for half the episode? So, I might have blanked out. You just watched the balls? I just watched the balls. I just watched the balls. So they have an idea of, okay, well, people think that Daphne is spoken for, but she's not happy. She doesn't want this guy. So how do we get people to think otherwise? Well, we drum up interest of her with someone like potentially Bassett. They don't say this explicitly, but they're alluding to Bassett. Like, oh, if the Duke is interested in her, that means she has high value, which will attract other people, so she's not done for yet. That's their idea. Uh, so then we get to the last ball, which is where yes. we see Colin asking, where's uh, Marina, uh, who's who's ill, and she's just MIA. And, but then this is also the same ball where they are they're all the talking to sort Penelope. of high society yeah because the high society women are like dumping literally pour a drink on Penelope yeah they spill it on who's her, just yeah. thrilled to be there without her mom because she can wear whatever color she wants mm-hmm. and then Colin steps in and he says you know I'm dancing with her so long yeah you guys stink this girl's actually not that bad uh and yeah the lights light up like there's light bulbs there which I, I, I felt like the prestige. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there would be light bulbs at all in 1813. But. Well, I mean, they're not actually light bulbs. They're candle lit, but it's right. like some sort of gunpowder lit Some special thing. thing. Yeah. Uh, something that Jeronicus would make. make. I mean, yeah. just do the, cro- <laughs> the crossover. Why not? Um, but yeah, Tony's reminding Daphne about Burbrook having a legit heritage, a decent shot. Mm-hmm. And Daphne's not still not in. No. And while we're at this ball, we do cut back to marina back at home and this is where we find out the truth about her dave what have we what do we learn we learn that the maid gets her sheets and says there ain't been no red in the past six weeks or whatever 
Yeah. And and Lady Featherington says, well, that means that time of the month hasn't come. Yeah, she she actually feels like I can get rid of you uh, because you know what good are you if the if that if that yeah, if that what that means that's scandal. Happening. Yeah, that ain't good. So, anyways, I mean, so what that, a quick turn for Marina. Yeah, honestly, and it felt like such like a pickup shot there, like that you even missed where where she was frustrated with her bed be, uh, bed sheets to come back around mm-hmm. and this, like, oh yeah, huh? That, that kind of came out of nowhere except for that one little thing that they they alluded to earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Daphne is just going for a, a breath in the garden because she needs to get away from the people to clear her mind about this Burbrook situation. But, who, <laughs> but you can't clear your mind of it when he's following you. No. Do you think this guy's got B.O.? Do you think he smells? I feel like it's 1800, so everybody has B.O. That's true. Deodorant's That's not a thing true. yet, so yeah, everyone's stinking. Yeah. But is he stinking more than most people? Potentially. Absolutely. So she tells him, I will never marry you. To what she says, you think you're better than me, which I don't understand how you make that conclusion. <laughs> if someone says they don't mm-hmm. want to marry you, I don't think it's because they think they're better than you. It's just, you're not a compatible bunch <laughs> what if, well i mean in this day and age we saw it in pride and prejudice uh the men have that power to sort of say like i want to marry you and the, and you say okay i guess so the fact that she said no must mean that she has some sort of ego yeah so well he, he tries to he tries to say you know i'm gonna have you and <laughs> she cold cocks him right in the face knocks him out yeah and who, because she knows this is a controversy right here. Just the fact that they're alone mm-hmm. this far from a party is a big deal. Yeah. And who was there to catch them? Our boy, the Duke. Yeah, it's, it's a nice turn where you think he's going to save the day, but he doesn't. He, he's just like, damn. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, what they find, though, in the garden is they both have contempt for Whistledown. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole system. They just don't like that. They want to live peacefully. Live their own life. Not have people say who they should be with or, or you know, be paired up with someone. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, we got an idea. You know, if you've seen any rom-com, you, you, you are probably vaguely aware of what they're going to do here. They say, let's fake it. Yeah. That way we can both put our feet up and relax. Mm-hmm. And everyone will think, you know, it'll... Well, according to the Duke, the Duke says that this will just keep the women off of him. And whenever they decide to sort of break off the fiction, Daphne's stock will be up. So this is kind of what you were alerting, alluding to with the, the moms we're talking about at the play. Yeah. This is just sort of the world writing itself, which is, if you ask me, lazy writing. <laughs> to have, <laughs> to have a, a, a group of characters allude to something like this, which is probably why it didn't stick with me, because it actually happens with the characters. Mm-hmm. Just to have them naturally fall into it. Or rather, unnaturally fall into it, because it's unnatural. They're faking it. Yeah. I mean, they only got ten episodes to work with, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Even well, though they're full hours. Um, the full hours, indeed. This is a full 57 minutes. It flew by for me, honestly. Like I, I It was. It felt long. It felt pretty really? dense at times for me, yeah. I, I, looked I know up, we're not at the end of the episode yet. Well, we're kind of at the end of the episode. Yeah, that is the end of the episode, pretty much. They go, to the, go back to the ball, and everyone's going, oh! Those two lights are up. Let's get the music going. Yeah. Um, and what's the, oh, they played Girls Like You by Maroon 5 at the other. 
You know what would be nice, actually, I think, if it's, if the quartet was, like, playing maybe slightly older pop tunes, ones that aren't quite so recent, because the recency of it just makes it seal, feel, I know it's anachronistic, whatever, it just doesn't, it just feels odd. I, I feel like... But Girls Like You is like a four or five-year-old song, right? It's like, nah, it's like the past three years, 2018. Well, yeah, I feel like the way pop music moves, you don't even hear Girls Like You on the radio that much anymore. Yeah. That even Thank You Next is probably not played on pop radio all that much anymore, to the point that like I guess to kids you're maybe really it feels like you're really dating this <laughs> yeah like you you if they did anything you have decades of pop music to pick from yeah without being kitschy you know yeah I, I also wonder like a little bit who the audience is for this because it very much feels I don't know aimed towards teenagers yet you got these these butt shots and like. Mm-hmm. Some cursing and stuff. It, it just. But isn't that the gimmick, though? I guess. When, you know, you want to be feel like you're watching something scandalous when you're in high school, and this yeah. definitely does that. It doesn't get any dirtier than the butt shots as of now. Right. That's true. Uh, we did leave out one piece of the episode, which is that uh, Tony tells his girlfriend he can't see he can't see her anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, we glossed over right. it, and she's not thrilled about right. it. Right. He gets the pressure that you can't you can't do it, and she's like, "Why?" And he's just like. Uh, he says, that's for me to know and for you to not find out. Yeah, exactly. It's not the best time to tell her after you just, like, did, you know, did, did the deed. Did the deed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just makes it seem like you came over to get one more in, and then you're just like, all right, peace. Not, not the best look, this Tony guy. Mm-hmm. And so that, that is episode. I mean, we kind of glossed over the sisters. They all get their own, like, line in there. Eloise definitely seems like she's uh, she she knows things. You know when she's talking. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna get more of these sisters and the, the Featherington sisters, too. Yeah, I, as this goes. So I don't know what it is about the lighting in the show or the makeup and everything. I was shocked when I looked up these people on IMDb and like they're like our age, <laughs> these actors, and it's like they look like they're thirteen or fifteen. <laughs> yeah, well, what's the the, the Penel? Penelope's uh, older than us, and she looks like she's fifteen yeah. in the show. She played. She plays like a. a sophomore in high school in, in Dairy Girls which came out in like 2018 it's wild yeah Eloise too she's like oh past her 30s too and like looks like she could be 14 it's wild so kudos to the makeup department for making these people look young yeah good for them yeah Netflix money get us on there we'll be looking like we're, <laughs> we're straight in elementary yeah, school geez, we'll, uh, we'll straight up put us in put us in the Down Abbey prequel yeah well was this a good episode, Dave? You said it was long. It was long, and uh, it's a lot of table setting, so I'm, I'm going to say it was pretty good. Okay. I didn't, didn't love it. I didn't love... Uh, it's very heavy-handed, but also dense. Okay. And a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of table setting, like I said. I don't love the table setting. Mm-hmm. So, it's necessary. Yeah. But yeah, I don't it, need it. It felt like a standard like Netflix like set you up for the season type of, type of episode, so I'm fine with that. I'm good with where we are. Yeah. So, power rankings? Yeah. Who do you got going down? Going down, I got Marina uh, Thompson. She, uh, she's three? in a bit of a pickle there. <laughs> uh, don't know what's going to happen to her. It doesn't seem like the family likes her, and she's just got dumped on them. So, not not going well for her right now. Yeah, number three, I got Sienna. Because, not you know, society's not going to be good to her. Because it can't, you know, it's much less like when... Uh, Prince Charles is fooling around with the dancer. Mm. And Prince Philip fools around with the dancer. Yeah, Prince Philip fools around with the dancer. Yeah, how far is it going to um, get you, really? Yeah, like, you, you, it doesn't, 
give you status. It just gives you controversy. So Sienna, you know, I hope hope you stick around and something good happens, but mm-hmm. doesn't look like it's going to happen. Okay. Well, number two, I got uh, Tony Bridgerton. The, uh, he has to give up the girl. He doesn't see his sister's potential. He's about to be proven wrong there. So not good, not many good looks for, for Tony. He, he seems a bit of a, a dirtbag on some level, just kind of a mm-hmm. loof. Yeah. Yeah, Tony didn't make my rankings because I feel like he he's so integral in in the Simon bit mm-hmm. that I feel like he's he has some upward momentum, but it is also a lot of downward. So he kind of evened out for me. Sure. Uh, was that what your was number two for you? Lord Burbrook, man, the guy gets punched in the face. Well, yeah, Nigel Burbrook is number one for me. The dude's a loser through and through, and he he deserved he's getting a clown. punched. Get out of here, dude. Yeah, you're he's a loser. I hope so. we don't see a lot of him. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> uh, who's number one for you then, Dave? Marina. That's a lot of implications going on there. That's true. That she she captured a lot of people's eyes. She she made it all the way into the the, the tabloid, mm-hmm. only to have some get slapped by her aunt or whatever the relationship is. Yeah, and put in check. That's not not good. Not a good look. I mean, good for her to get uh, all that attention, but yeah, not not too. At what cost? Well, who's going up for you, Dave? Well, I got Penelope because all these hoity-toity members of society are trying to get her down, and we got a Bridgerton boy that's, that's got her back. Sure, yeah. Well, I got Lady Whistledown at number three. I mean, they may be pulling one on her, but she can clearly pull the strings here in the society. And oh, She's the puppet master yeah, for sure. She is the Richard Carlyle of Bridgerton, so all the more power to her. Yeah. Well, number two, I got Daphne. Same here. She figures it out, you know? Yeah, and she's also she, flawless, so... Yeah, and she kind of rebounds from the drama by sort of manipulating it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so who do you have for number one, is it? It's Simon. Simon, Bassett. that's right. The dude. You got him, too? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the guy comes in, he kind of just calls it his shot every time. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. But these the women... He's he's established. He's there to handle his father's estate, which means collect some cash, getting money, getting some money. Mm-hmm. Get to see his his friend Tony, and all these women are throwing themselves at him. And he's like, "Look, I just want to live peacefully. Yeah. So let's take one that was called flawless, and fake it. Yeah. That's the win. That's the win of wins. Good for him. Good for this guy. So yeah, and I can see why you know just from this episode why he's blown up into a star. Why the women love him. The guy's handsome. Can't, can't deny He's it. He's charismatic, too. Yeah, absolutely. And tall. All the yeah. three things you need. <laughs> uh, handsome, charismatic, exactly. and tall. <laughs> uh, so that is our first episode of Bridgerton, and we'll cover the next one next week. Um, Dave, have you been watching anything else? Yeah. Well, this weekend I spent uh, most of the weekend in the woods. Okay. And for those that are not in the northeastern part of the United States of America, it was... Uh, Looking like a nice, warm Memorial Day weekend for us here, Not but it no. <laughs> turned up being the highest it got was 50 degrees, mm-hmm. and it was uh, raining the whole time, so whole weekend up didn't get a lot of, of enter- entertainment viewing, so it was pretty nasty. I was outside. I started a campfire, mm-hmm. but I did finish season two of The Sopranos oh, wow. when You're I moving. got home. I'm moving, baby. It's the best. So yeah. good. And I jumped back in the Falcon and Winter Soldier because I fell off, mm-hmm. and I want to get to the end of it before I start Loki. Okay. 
drinking that Marvel Kool-Aid. And then another thing, I, I went to the movies oh, wow. to see the, the Netflix movie, Ar- Army of the Dead. The Zack Snyder, Dave Bautista. You just had to give him your money. Movie. It wasn't enough. It was Cheap Tuesday. I didn't mm-hmm. give him the full price. Okay. And I, I like being in the theater. Yeah. And I would say it was a good movie leaving the theater, but I, I think there's a lot of plot points that are established and they never address them. And I realized that the later the day when I was like, what about that thing? It's a two what and a half hour that? long movie, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's like the, you know, Zack Snyder and the, I was reading online, his, his like credit sequences are what people really like in his zombie movies. Mm-hmm. And this does have a really awesome opening credit sequence. Okay. And then all of the cool like weapons and stuff just never come back. Hmm. All right. Well, and it's a good cast. It's a very good cast. I'll check it out sometime on Netflix. I'll get around nah, to it. Nah, don't, don't rush. Okay. <laughs> It'll always be there. <laughs> well, what have you been watching, Corey? What's on the docket uh, in the city? Like you, I was kind of just, well, for me, I was like shut in from the rain. No one really wanted to hang out. So, uh, I mean, here in the United States, we're all vaccinated. People are already kind of queasy about it, but then having to hang out indoors somewhere, people don't want to do it. And I get that. So, I, and I didn't want to mm-hmm. do that either. So, I just watched a lot of <laughs> Lethal Weapon movies. Uh, okay. I, I've seen the first one, saw the fourth one way back, and just watched two and three. That was fine. So you watched the Pesci? Absolutely. Yeah. He's great in them. And um, started watching The Mayor of Easttown on HBO since that was the talk of all of the internet in the past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who's in that one? That's uh, Kate Winslet. She. Uh, oh. oh, M-A-R-E. Yeah. Right? Her two character traits are that she just vapes and eats uh, sandwiches from Wawa. <laughs> That's like her two things. Oh, Wawa. Yeah. Uh-oh. And I'm a sheets guy myself, so I can't I can't condone Wawa. Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing that blows my mind that I don't see anyone really talking about as much online is that her ex-husband in the show was Roy from The Office. And it's just like, when did Roy level up from The Office beyond so much of that cast to be Kate Winslet's ex on a show on HBO? <laughs> like, where did that I come from? I feel like he, he was like the pre-Pratt Pratt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The doof. <laughs> he has a similar look, yeah. Um, so good on him, you know. He, he's he's back. Krasinski has that Quiet Place movie out there, you know. It's everyone who was with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's a good show, though. It's, it's very engrossing. I'm, I'm a few episodes in. I'm, I'm very much into it. Okay. And was that a dump, or is that every week? That was every week on HBO, but it, it just ended. And uh, people okay. said it's good, but I, I recommend it so far, so... That's why I've been watching. Great. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll watch more Bridgerton next week. and I'm going to watch some Downton on Netflix, some Downton on Peacock, and some Downton on I mean, Prime. When too. I saw Downton on Netflix, I was like, this makes streaming so much easier. Because Netflix has just got the best like UI for... No more no more of those weird fades, the yeah. commercial breaks that don't happen. Or like the, the chunky like fast forwards and, and, and Amazon Prime that always feels like a little bit loose. It doesn't feel quite right. Netflix does I feel like I wish there was a way these, these streaming services could learn from each other because I like the x-ray on Prime. I like that you can mm. pause it and see what the actors are on screen, who they are. Yeah. But the rest of it, you know, Netflix is the best. So, yeah. Army of the Dead. Downton <laughs> Abbey. The Crown. Yeah. Don't watch the... Fast forward through the English game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't do that one. Anyways, though, you know where to find us. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter... We have a Gmail, we have uh, merch at Public. we have Patreon, and you can leave us a star rating and review on iTunes if you so choose. So, and We just got a new five-star review. I pre- we appreciate it. Oh, we yeah. know when these things happen. So Awesome. This is, we love our fans, and if you do 
if you if you reciprocate the love, we notice. We're not mm-hmm. we're we're not too big for our britches. We're not like uh, the Duke over here. We appreciate all the scraps you throw at us. Yeah, we are very appreciative. Uh, but until then, we'll see you next time. All right.